What better time to talk about Cardinal prospects? We're getting closer to spring training, and it's exciting to think about the talent that's coming up through the minor leagues, and that's what Brian Walton knows best. He is, of course, with thecardinalsnation.com. It's a Wednesdays with Walton here on the Scoops Network. Brian, great to talk to you, and I won't call it Christmas because it's not spring training yet, but for somebody who follows closely the young talent in the pipeline, it's got to be exciting when spring training rolls around. That's right. And, uh, you know, we're going to get a nice chance in a couple of weeks to see some of the top prospects at uh, winter warm-up in St. Louis as well. And then, you know, we're only talking about a month away before a player supports to Jupiter. Do we, do we need to tap the brakes at all on Jordan Walker? I think everyone's excited. And I think John Mazalock and Ollie have kind of said, listen, we'll bring him to camp. We'll see what he does. Give us a little bit of a, uh, for those who haven't paid attention, maybe any comps, anybody in the big leagues that he's similar to. And, and what do you think is realistic? You know, Jordan Walker, I think, and by the way, you mentioned John Mozalak. You know, some of his most recent comments have been very, very, very complimentary, complimentary of Jordan Walker. And we're talking about a, a six foot five, 230 pound outfielder who has yet to play a game at AAA, but went down to the Arizona Fall League and played very well. And John Mozalak has talked a lot about the hard hit nature of the balls that come off the bat of Jordan Walker and how that is a predictability factor to success in the major leagues. And I think really the only question on Jordan Walker is when will be the right time? Just like we've talked about with many prospects in the past, they don't want to bring a guy like up like that up to sit on the bench. So the question is, is there a job in right field to be taken? And if so, is Jordan Walker going to be ready this year? Any holes in his game? Obviously they moved him from the infield to the outfield. And I think at this point people would live with, if there were any, I'm not saying there are, but if there were any defensive shortcomings people would live with it for the bat but what what's missing on the resume anything for him well as you said jordan walker underwent a position change but part of the reason he went to the arizona fall league was to get more reps in the outfield and the cardinals have played him some in center but he's more likely a right fielder down the road but has a very very strong arm as we saw when he was a, a third baseman coming up so i don't think there's going to be really any defensive liability with him although certainly more time in the minors more reps would be the most positive thing in terms of his bat, you know, he has tremendous power. Uh, he's, he's hit well for average as well. Been a 300 hitter in the minor leagues, but also has very good speed, uh, deceptive. He was almost a 2020 man at double a this year. And again, for a guy who, you know, is six, five, uh, you know, the fact that he can steal bases successfully tells you a lot about him as an athlete. So, uh, you know, I, I think the one area that I've, that I've seen and heard a little bit about is that he still has tough, you know, a little bit of difficulty with, uh, hard pitches inside, you know, on his hands. But, you know, what big league hitter doesn't? Because these guys like to get the ball out over the plate. Does he compare to anyone, whether it's with the Cardinals over the years, calling up and coming through the system or out there in the, in the bigs right now? Because it seemed like for a while the focus for the Cardinals was that the pitchers were the story, always young arms coming up through. And then it's shifted a little bit with Gorman and Carlson to hitters. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm not going to say pools because that's not fair to anybody. Is there is there anybody that he compares to, whether Cardinals or maybe even in the big leagues right now? Well, I'm going to show my age, Martin. Physically, Jordan Walker kind of reminds me of George Hendrick. You know, yeah. big, tall guy with a lot of power. Um, certainly, probably more personable than than uh, George Hendrick George. was. <laughs> but but hey, Simon George had a long history. You know, long period in the major leagues as a very successful hitter. And you know, I. I I'm not big on comps, to be honest with you, but I, you know, I do think Jordan Walker has the potential to be an impact player in the major leagues. And again, you know, I think the Cardinals want to make sure that they don't rush Jordan Walker because we're talking about a young man who doesn't turn 21 years old until just before Memorial Day. So, 
you know, he, he was just drafted in 2020. So there's plenty of time for Jordan Walker to develop if it isn't in March this year in Jupiter. And another name that's been kind of associated with Jordan Walker coming up is Mason Wynn. And then he shows off his arm during the Futures game, the shortstop, an unbelievable arm. But what What's likely for him in terms of timeline? Well, Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn were drafted one and two in 2020. And uh, Mason Wynn spent part of the year, uh, and I'm talking about part of the year of 2022, uh, in high A, and then he moved up to Springfield during the season. And it took him a little while to catch up with the league offensively. So probably, you know, Mason Wynn will be ready to go to AAA, as will Jordan Walker at the beginning of the year, but probably won't be a factor for St. Louis immediately. He's more like probably a 2023 guy, but you want to see him continue to develop him being Mason Wynn, continue to develop in AAA. And, you know, he has every reason, every tool that's necessary to be a long-term solution at shortstop. And of course, then that presents the Cardinals. If that happens with an interesting problem, you know, how do you deal with Tommy Edmond and, and, Brendan Donovan, of course, who emerged, and then Nolan Gorman. So, but those are pleasant problems to have, and that'll be you know a year down the road. It is Wednesdays with Walton Brian Walton, thecardinalsnation.com on the Scoops Network, presented by Lou Fuse, Lordo's Diamonds, and Hair Saloon for Men. All right, we mentioned all the bats that are coming up. In terms of arms right now that are knocking on the door, we hear Tink Hentz. Uh, let's talk about him and then tell me if there's any other pitching that we're sort of overlooking at this point. Well, now we're going to come right back to that 2020 draft, a sensational draft for Randy Flores and his scouting department in that Tink Hens was the third pitcher that the Cardinals took that year behind Walker and Wynn. And Tink Hens is a guy who has tremendous potential in terms of, of uh, Cardinals that were talked about down the Arizona Fall League. Tink Hens might have come up as often as Walker and Wynn. But we're also talking about a young man who has never pitched above uh, low A ball. He has never pitched more than four innings in a game. So Jordan, while, while Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn have moved fairly fast, Tink Hens has moved relatively slow. And so he's a guy that we're going to see at high A and maybe get a chance at double A. And he's a, you know, probably a 2024 guy, but has the potential of anybody in the, in the, in the system to be uh, a close to a top of the rotation starter. Again, a lot of development still ahead, but, uh, but loads and loads of potential for Tink Hens. Any other pitching that, that we're missing out on that should be big league ready at this point? It seems like they went through that phase where we did have Flaherty. We did have Hudson and even the Luke Weavers of the world. And all of a sudden now it's shifted to position players. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, the Cardinals definitely shifted their draft focus. It traditionally had been pitching, and as you mentioned, a few years ago, they swung the pendulum pretty hard in the other direction, and, you know, it, it, it gave them guys like Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman. So, you know, it wasn't that they, was, they weren't successful, but I think they got a little off the target, and the minor league pitching really started to fall down the last couple of years, the, a couple of years ago. And so then in the last two drafts, they've emphasized pitching very strongly. And so – uh, you know, a year ago, it was Andre Pallante who kind of came out of nowhere, basically out of double A, made the team. Gordon Graceffo, Michael McGreevy are the guys that were picked early in the 2021 draft, and they moved all the way up to double A. Graceffo is a guy that, um, you know, has upper 90s fastball, four pitches, you know, doesn't walk. Gordon Graceffo is a guy that he maybe won't be an impact guy in 2023 but he's certainly going to be around in 2024 and he could be a guy that i think could surprise but not yet on the 40-man roster and there's not a lot of pressure i will say that you know connor thomas a left-hander you know has been sort of middling for a long time but went you know discovered a new pitch uh, in that he throws a cutter went down to the fall league and was the pitcher of the year in the arizona fall league 
And so Connor Thomas got added to the 40-man roster, a lefty. I'm not sure that he's going to crack the rotation in St. Louis, but he could be another Zach Thompson type who steps in and, and is able to contribute uh, to the bullpen on the left side. You know, as I sit here and we're talking about who's next, who's coming, it's amazing how quickly – you know, like Dylan Carlson is all we talked about. And then Nolan Gorman is all we talked about. And they come up and maybe they don't light it on fire their first or second year. And all of a sudden we've moved on. Isn't it kind of crazy? I mean, I think there's, and I think the Cardinals feel this way. There's still a lot there with Nolan Gorman. There's still a lot more with Dylan Carlson. I, I think we kind of move on too quickly sometimes, maybe as media or fans. I, I'm going to guess that you're still bullish on both of them. Well, Dylan Carlson, you know, let's face it, whether the rumors were true or not, I don't know, Martin, maybe you're closer to it than I am, but, you know, Carlson was a guy that would, that, that was very much desired at the trade deadline in some, you know, in, in relation to some things. Cardinals, you know, didn't want to give him up. They don't want to, you know, give up on a talent like Carlson, who here and some ones that were, you know, fairly difficult that he tried to play through. Um, and, you know, Nolan Gorman, you know, there was a lot of pressure to bring him up because he started hitting all those home runs early in the year, but, he still needs to work on his plate discipline, and he still needs to find a home defensively. I'm not sure if second baseman is necessarily going to be the long term, but Gorman has a bat that's going to play in the major leagues, and you know you like that kind of left-handed hitting. And I think that the emergence of Brendan Donovan has sort of taken the pressure off in terms of forcing Gorman onto the roster if there's not a place for him to play. Was Donovan a surprise at all? And I remember this last year. So Albert Pools is having a charity event out at Top Golf, and it was probably middle to late May. And I was talking to Adam Wainwright about the team, and he, at that time they were using a lot of younger players. And he and I wasn't really even thinking about Brendan Donovan, who had been there maybe a week or two. And before he mentioned anyone else, Wainwright said, this Donovan kid's a stud. He can play. And that was before we really even saw it. And I'm like, okay, if Wainwright's noticed it, it's probably worth the rest of us noting. Did Donovan come out of nowhere? Is that accurate? Well, we watched Donovan as a prospect through the system, and, you know, he never batted below 300. He showed, you know, excellent bat-to-ball skills all the way up. But with him was, where was he going to play defensively? And his big break, Brendan Donovan's big break, came in the Arizona Fall League a year ago because in that, at that time, Nolan Gorman was there. Brendan Donovan was on what's called the taxi squad which meant he was only going to play twice a week and was basically a reserve reserve. But then Gorman had an injury, hamstring injury, couldn't play, and that opened the door for Donovan. And Donovan played exceptionally well in this prospect league with some of the best guys in the game. So, you know, he came into 2022 spring training camp with some momentum. And, you know, he was obviously, you know, showed with his hustle and ability to play multiple positions and hit anywhere in the lineup that he's, you know, a valuable guy to have, if not a utility man, as a, as a starter. So I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere, but certainly he had some good breaks that he took advantage of. I'm trying to think of the long list of Yachty era parents. I know for a long time it was going to be Carson Kelly, and then it was clear Molina wasn't leaving anytime soon. But Ivan Herrera was in that category, came up last year, maybe wasn't ready at the big league level, and that's why they go out and get a guy like Wilson Contreras. But let's talk a little bit about Herrera still in terms of long-term value. Yeah, still very, very young. You know, we forget because Ivan Herrera's been around so long. We're still talking about old this season uh, and he's been moved through the system very very quickly had an opportunity to come up with st louis last year and, and frankly you know showed he wasn't ready yet and i think that certainly the combination of andrew kisner you know not showing starter ability in terms of the bat and herrera you know not taking uh taking to the major leagues his first time around you know helped the cardinals make this decision to bring in Contreras, who 
you know, let's face it is, you know, now, now 30 years old, he's going to be on the other side of that and will play less probably as he gets older. So there's still an opportunity for an Yvonne Herrera. And I think there's a reason why he's still in the system. You know, it would be easy for the Cardinals to just trade him away and say, hey, we don't have to worry about the catching position for a long time. But I, th- I still think Herrera is a guy who's going to force his way onto the major league roster, if not this year, next. And I, I want to make one other point there, um, Martin, and that is that the Cardinals are very well positioned in terms of minor league options on all these young players, whether we're talking about Gorman or Yepes or Burleson or Herrera. Uh, Players get three years on the 40-man roster where they can come up and down from the minor leagues at will. And that gives you the, the team a lot of flexibility to move guys in and out based on injuries and performance. And so, the, again, not only are they positioned well in terms of talent, but the 40-man roster gives them a lot of opportunity to say, hey, if a, if a Burleson or a Gorman's slumping, then let's bring up a, a Yepes, for example, to replace him. And how about a name? We, we don't talk a lot about him, but he had a ton of power. Moises Gomez from Springfield to Memphis. The guy can just flat-out hit. I'm a little concerned, like all of a sudden he'll pop up like an Adolis Garcia somewhere else or in a Rosarena, maybe not comparable player, but just in terms of the bat, they don't quite have a spot for him. Where where do you see him fitting? Well, it's an interesting dilemma that the Cardinals have. Uh, a year ago, if we'd been having this conversation, you know, we would have talked about the bench being set and we could talk about the guys there. And then what happened, but, you know, in March, they brought in Albert Pools and Corey Dickerson. And all of a sudden, you know, those veterans came on and they pushed the youngsters down. It'll be interesting to see if the Cardinals do that this year. But if you look at how the roster goes, you basically have four guys for three spots, Gorman, Yepes, Burleson, and Gomez, who got added to the 40-man roster, you know, led the minor leagues in home runs this year. But then, depending on what happens with Jordan Walker, if Jordan Walker makes the team, now all of a sudden, you know, the hierarchy gets pushed down. But again, any of these guys could be sent to Memphis without, you know, any opportunity or, or any risk of losing them. But you know, right now, Yepes and Gorm, uh, Gomez have similar profiles in that they're power hitters. Gomez is a better defender, whereas, you know, Yepes really is more of a designated hitter type. Gomez can play right field, and you know, credibly. But, you know, as a right-handed batter, you know, he's a guy that probably is going to have to wait for his turn unless there were a lot of injuries in spring camp. And, you know, while the numbers sound like a concern, you know, championship teams have to have depth because injuries are going to occur no matter what. And so it's all about the guys who are ready and the skills that they have to come up during the course of the year. So, you know, even if uh, Moises Gomez doesn't make the team out of spring camp, that doesn't mean that he won't get an opportunity to contribute with St. Louis at some point during 2023. How do you feel about the, the, the group overall in terms of knocking on the door, you know, the names that we've thrown around, do you think it's excellent, pretty good, good? I mean, how do you think they stack up right now? I think on the position player side, they're in very, very strong shape. I think on the pitching side, maybe a little less so, but they're, you know, because of the rotation, you know, the rotation, there are a lot of question marks. Flaherty's a question mark, certainly. Matt's is a question mark. Uh, Libertor didn't really step up like he'd like. You know, Wainwright's another year older. So, you know, you'd like to see a few more starters in the mix. I don't think that uh, Graceffo and McGreevy are ready yet, but they won't be far away. But there's also some relievers down in Memphis that, that folks haven't seen much of that are very, very promising. And I'm thinking about Jake Walsh, who's an upper 90s uh, guy who got hurt last year. But if he's healthy, you know, he can be effective. Uh, Freddie Pacheco is another guy, 15 strikeouts per nine innings, fastball. So there, you know, there are some young pitchers that we're going to see on that I-55 uh, I shuttle back and forth between St. Louis and Memphis as they need bullpen arms this coming season. Love me the Memphis shuttle. I've always said they should, you know, like an apartment in Cape Girardeau or something that Mo pays for, and they just say, <laughs> you stay there for a night or two, and then we're gonna, you're going to be getting called back up, you're getting sent back down. 
Fun to talk about. Yeah, baseball. there's like some interesting stories about. Uh, there's some interesting stories about where guys are when they get the call. You know, in the middle of in the middle of uh, dinner at a restaurant, and they pick up before the main course comes. And you know, just all kinds of crazy stuff that the player development guys do behind the scenes to make sure that the players are where they need to be. Brian Walton from the CardinalsNation.com. It's a Wednesdays with Walton here on the Scoops Network, presented by Lou Fuse, Lordo's Diamonds, and Hair Saloon for Men. Brian, thanks for the time. We'll look forward to seeing you at the warm up. Right on, Martin.